It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Yeah. <coughs> you hear a ringing. Where's your money at? Slight ring. It's a little hot, hot mic, hot mic. <laughs> All right. Did we do our due diligence and read The Lizard Man and The Lady? All right. So you guys came prepared with some stuff. All right. So um, initial thoughts about these two characters, just overall opposed to the characters we've, we've been introduced to so far. Feelings about them. Um, yeah, just initial reactions to, to their stories, and then we'll dive into a little bit of it. Did anybody, did anybody um, relate to either of the characters? Because that's been a big thing of us relating to them. Anybody like, yeah, I'm, that, I'm a lizard man, or I'm, you know. Uh, or did you relate to the uh, tragedian and the, and the dwarf? So what, what was what was the thing that made it so punchy? What was the thing that that for you like is this really it really stuck with you? For the lizard man, uh, it was the fact that he ended up allowing the silent ah. spirit mm. to yeah. kill the lizard. Mm. Yeah. And then that it came back and it redeemed more. Yes. Yeah. So that that was the, the, re the redemptive part of this. That that's. That's the amazing part of this one, is is the is the redemption of, of lizard. Yes. I, I felt like the lizard man was more honest than any of the other characters. Ooh, yeah. Did you feel like he was yes. just honest and open? <coughs> Even though he wasn't sure if he wanted the lizard dead, he'd had it for a long time, and it was his pet. He still knew that he didn't really mm. want it. But I liked how the spirit had to have permission to take it from him. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I know I think that's great because if you if you go or if you remember back, every other character, they had their hang up, right? They had their lie that they had bought onto. And um, oh, you know what? If you see God, why don't you tell him? Because I wasn't gonna bring this up, you know, or I, I want just what I've earned, or I don't want to go where there's no questions. Everybody had the hang up, but the lizard man didn't have a hang up. His hang up was I it's is he gonna hurt, right? Is this, is this what's this gonna? The uncertainty of if I let you do this, I don't know what's going to happen. So um, yeah, so let's uh, let's read a little bit of this. And um, is my reader available? Uh, yes. Uh, hold on. <coughs> pull it up. Yeah, tell me where we are. Page one thirteen is where it starts. <clears throat> While you're getting there, I'll go ahead and see if I can do some of the reading. 
Um, so they leave the conversation with the, uh, the mother, and he's like, it might take a long while, that conversation, said my teacher, and you've heard enough uh, to see what the choice is. Is there any hope for her, sir? Aye, there's some, but what she calls her love for their sons turns into be a poor, prickly, astringent sort of thing. And there's still a wee spark of something that's just not her, herself that might be blown into a flame. Which I love that part of being like, well, why are you reading this? Because there's a contrast between the love that she says she has and then what we see in the lizard man. There's, they start to compare these here. Um, so let's go over What's to the chapter? page 114. I think it's chapter 6, is it? No, it's chapter, chapter uh, five. 11. Oh, yeah. sorry, chapter yeah. 11. I'm way behind. Yeah, it's it's anyway. halfway through chapter 11. I've got it here. I can read it. Okay, go for here. it. Okay. <clears throat> then some natural feelings are really better than others. I mean, are a better starting point for the real thing. Better and worse. There's something in natural affection which will lead it on to eternal love more easily than natural appetite can be led on. But there's also something in it which makes it easier to stop at the natural level and mistake it for the heavenly. Brass is mistaken for gold more easily than clay is. And if it finally refuses conversion, its corruption will be worse than the corruption of what he called the lower passions. It is a stronger angel, and therefore when it falls, a fiercer devil. I don't know if I, that I dare repeat this on earth, sir, said I. They'd say I was inhuman. They'd say I believe in total depravity. They'd say I was attacking the best and the holiest things. They'd call me, it might be no harm if they did, said he with, <laughs> I really thought, a twinkle in his eye. But could one dare? Could one have the face to go on a bereaved mother in her misery when one was not bereaved oneself? No, no, son. That's no office of yours. You're not a good enough man for that. Yeah. <clears throat> when your own heart's been broken, it will be time for you to think of talking. But someone must say in general what's been unsaid among you this many a year. That love, as mortals understand the word, isn't enough. Every natural love will rise again and live forever in this country, but none will rise again until it has been buried. Ooh, that's a, that's. We're gonna see that in the lizard man. I think that's that's, that's very important. The saying is almost too hard for us. Ah, but it's cruel not to say it. They that know have grown afraid to speak. That is why sorrows that used to purify now only fester. So, so let's, let's just stop there for a second. I think we have this permeation in culture today that says you can't say things that might offend. And he says, no, 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 no. It's actually cruel not to say it. How many times has someone rebuffed you and it was painful and it hurt, but it actually made you better. And it actually, when you thought about it, you're like, oh yeah, that was really hard for them to say that thing to me, but I, it needed to be said because it actually purified me. If they had enabled this, I would not have grown. You know, and that's, we don't speak plainly anymore. You know, one of the things I love about Victorian English is that the Victorian language is you can say so much without saying it. What I hate about Victorian language is you can say a bunch of things that mean nothing in the, in the attempt to be civil or to, to, to spare one's feelings. So there's a double-edged sword there in the Victorian language that, that I, I both love and hate. I'm like, ah, just say it. And they're like, whoa, whoa, you said a lot when you said it. You know, there's that double-edged sword there in that. So. Yeah, uh, my son, our son's been taking a communications course this summer. 
and he's, part of it has been watching films and such, and he's been playing his lectures as well as the movies on our big screen TV. So I've overheard a lot of it. And one section was on Japan. The movie he had to watch was The Last Samurai. Mm. And then the lectures, the, the professor was going on about how the Japanese are, you know, because there's so many crammed into such a small area, they have to be super polite and stuff. And so they're very polite. They're always smiling and stuff like that. But very often they aren't telling you exactly what they're thinking. Yes. They're saying something very polite and very nice, and what they're thinking is total opposite. Yeah, that's, that's why I get along with people with Asperger's. They don't they don't have a filter. They just they just tell you straight up. It's, yeah, it's actually really it's kind of cool. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, sometimes we, we need to take some filters off. Yeah. Uh, and other times we need to have, it's, it's, it's a balancing act, right? We, yes. It's, yes. It really is. Yeah, you, um, you need it in order to not create so many waves that you can't function. <laughs> but there, there are the times when you do need that purifying straight talk. Yeah, yeah, sometimes brutal honesty is, is, is not good, but then there are times when, this, this is, I think what we're, what we're getting at here is, um, do you have your glasses ready? Take a shot. What Peterson calls, tell the truth, at least don't lie. You know, if someone asks you something, tell, tell the truth as much as you can do it. Um, and society will be along better than, than if you, in the, say, the Japanese culture, where you're, where you're not speaking the truth. And it's, it's the, the truth is the undercurrent mm -hmm. um, beyond the facade, so, okay. Should we go on? Yeah, yeah, go on. Keats was wrong then when he said he was certain of the holiness of the heart's affections. I doubt if he clearly knew what it meant, but you and I must be clear. There is but one good, that is God. Everything else is good when it looks to him and bad when it turns from him. And the higher and mightier it is in the natural order, the more demoniac it will be if it rebels. It's not out of bad mice or bad fleas you make demons, but out of bad archangels. The false religion of lust is baser than the false religion of mother love or patriotism or art. But lust is less likely to be made into a religion. Okay, now, this paragraph, try to remember this paragraph when we get into Way to Glory. He's going to touch on this in Way to Glory. This, it's, he's going to illuminate some, some major component of this. Okay, go ahead. But look... <clears throat> I saw coming towards us a ghost who carried something on his shoulder. Like all the ghosts, he was unsubstantial, but they differed from one, other, one another as smokes differ. Some had been whitish, this one was dark and oily. What sat on his shoulder was a little red lizard, and it was twitching his tail like a whip and whispering things in his ear. As we caught sight of him, he turned his head to the reptile with a snarl of impatience. Shut up, I tell you, he said. It wagged its tail and continued to whisper to him. He ceased snarling and presently began to smile. Then he turned and started to limp westward, away from the mountains. Off so soon, said a voice. The speaker was more or less human in shape, but larger than a man, and so bright that I could hardly look at him. His presence smoked on my eyes, and on my body too, for there was heat coming from him as well as light, like the morning sun at the beginning of a cheerless summer day, like this morning. <laughs> yes, I'm off, said the ghost. Thanks for all your hospitality, but it's no good, you see. I told this little chap, here he indicated the lizard, then he'd have to be quiet if he came, which he insisted on doing. Of course, his stuff won't do here. I realize that. But he won't stop. I shall just have to go home. <clears throat> Would you like me to make him quiet, said the flaming spirit, an angel as I now understood? Of course I would, said the ghost. Then I will kill him, said the angel, taking a step forward. Oh, uh, uh, look out! You're burning me! Keep away, said the ghost, retreating. Don't you want him killed? You didn't say anything about killing him at first. 
I hardly meant to bother you with anything so drastic as that. It's the only way, said the angel, whose burning hands were now very close to the lizard. Shall I kill it? Well, that's a further question. I'm quite open to consider it, but it's a new point, isn't it? I mean, for the moment, I was only thinking about silencing it, because up here, well, it's so damn embarrassing. So what did, he, what did they say in the last, the end of the last uh, bit, that uh, every natural love will rise again and live forever in this country, but none will rise again until it has been buried? May I kill it? Well, there's time to discuss that later. There is no time. May I kill it? Please, I never meant to be such a nuisance. Please, really, don't bother. Look, it's gone to sleep of its own accord. I'm sure it'll be all right now. Thanks ever so much. May I kill it? Honestly, I don't think there's the slightest necessity for that. I'm sure I shall be able to keep it in order now. I think the gradual process would be far better than killing it. The gradual process is of no use at all. Don't you think so? Well, I'll think over what you said very carefully. I honestly will. In fact, I'd let you kill it now, but as a matter of fact, I'm not feeling frightfully well today. It would be silly to do it now. I need to be in good health for the operation. Some other day, perhaps. There is no other day. All days are present now. Get back, you're burning me. How can I tell you to kill it? You'd kill me if you did. It is not so. Why, you're hurting me now. I never said it wouldn't hurt you. I said it wouldn't kill you. Uh, if you guys, so what do we notice about the language? Uh, so let's go, let's think back to the language of the solid people that are redeemed saints and the language of the angel. What, what do you notice about the, the differences in the language? Is this an angel? Yes, this is an angel. So it's not. This is not a human. It's larger than a human. It's a burning. This is actually like an ark. This is, a, this is an angel. Uh, not a not a not a person who's a, a human has been redeemed. So this this thing didn't come to him and say, "Hey, Joe, remember me? I was your neighbor, or whatever." This is this is an angel. Yeah. So he's being very direct, getting yeah. right to the point. May I kill it? Yeah. May I kill it? May I kill it? Over and over again. No reasoning. No, no reasoning. No. And very no. commanding in very, what he says. Yes, there's authority in his words, and he uses very short, truncated sentences like, "May I kill it? That won't work here." There is no time like this. Yeah. All days and hours. So the guy can't even make evasive maneuvers between you know somebody who's who's human using you know mm -hmm. the, the the reasoning of. Yeah. Uh, he's always getting respect. right back to the point. The others, yes. you know, the redeemed saints, they're all, you know, the 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 ghost will say something trying to be hurtful. Yeah. And it's like Lord love you, you can't hurt me now up here. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So there's there's there, there's the. There's a repertoire between the, the solid people and, and, and the unsubstantial people. That the angel, they don't have that. They're just like, no, this is, this is what's, no, there's no time. There's, there's no gradual process. Do I, do I kill it? Mm -hmm. What's your answer? And I think that's so powerful that, that that's, sometimes we need that. Because we're running around, deer and like, ah, and he's like, do I kill it? Make your decision. It's on you. Make your decision. Like, it's now. Do, you, do I kill it or not? Okay, go ahead. Oh, I know. You think I'm a coward. But it isn't that. Really, it isn't. I say, let me run back by tonight's bus and get an opinion from my own doctor. I'll come again the first moment I can. This moment contains all moments. Okay. What do you do with that? <laughs> this moment contains all moments. 
on, on, a, on a scale of time, on theories of time, what do we do with that? He's telling the ghost it's no good. You can't go back because if you go back and you come back, it's the same moment. Like it's, it's this moment right here, this decision you make now is a decision almost like it's an eternal, it, 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 is, it is either eternal or it is infinite in, while, this, while this substantial being exists. Like there is no, you're outside, we're outside of time. Like there is no, there are time as you know it does not exist. Whatever you choose now, that's the choice. Like there is no, there is no coming back in a sense. I, I don't know, there's I, this extremely, this moment contains all moments. Past, present, and future just fuse into one ontological existence. Why are you torturing me? You're jeering at me. How can I let you tear me to pieces? If you wanted to help me, why didn't you kill the damn thing without asking me? Before I knew, it would all be over by now if you had. I cannot kill it against your will. It is impossible. Mm. Have I your permission? The angel's hands were almost closed on the lizard, but not quite. Then the lizard began chattering to the ghost so loud that even I could hear what it was saying. Be careful, it said. He can do what he says. He can kill me. One fatal word from you, and he will. Then he'll be without me forever and ever. It's not natural. How could you live? You'd be only a sort of ghost, not a real man as you are now. He doesn't understand. He's only a cold, bloodless, abstract thing. It may be natural for him, but it isn't for us. Yes, yes, I know there are no real pleasures now, only dreams. But aren't they better than nothing? And I'll be so good. I admit I've sometimes gone too far in the past, but I promise I won't do it again. I'll give you nothing but really nice dreams, all sweet and fresh and almost innocent. You might say quite innocent. Okay. Who does this remind you of? We, we, if we analyze language, context, syntax, essence, what kind of, what kind of language is this? It's like the, the, oh, I can't think of his name, from the Space Trilogy, the one that kidnapped our hero and was trying to talk yeah, with, negotiate, uh, thought he had all the... Weston. Yeah. Weston, because Divine was, uh, Everstone was, was more silent. Um, one fatal word, and he, he will, he, he, then you'll be without me forever and ever. It's not natural. How could you live? You'd only be a sort of a ghost, not a real man as you are now. Sounds like the devil, when he had when he was trying to get E.T. the apple. Yes. Did God really say? Did God really say? Hey, this will make you wise. You'll be like the gods. Not as you are now, but you'll be like the gods. You'll be a real be. And I'll go, I'm, I'm like, oh, that's, you're of your, and it, this is the same thing Jesus says to the Pharisees, uh, you're of your father, the devil, the father of lies. So there is a specific language that villains have. You need last, me. Yeah, yes. That's the last thing they say when they're about to get crushed. That is the that is, yes. That is the last ditch effort of a villain is to say, "What will you do without me?" Think think of the movies you've seen when there's been the abusive spouse and they're getting ready to leave. What will you do without me? You can't. You won't. You won't exist. You'll be a pitiful. That is that is the desperate plea of a villain trying to hold on to power. And they oftentimes perpetuate that cycle and win that manipulation too. Because. I don't know what, I don't know who I am outside of you. It is a whole level of uncertainty. And what we know is I can maintain, I can, I can maintain the pain of disappointment because I know how to bear that. I know how to bear failure. I can, I can, I understand. I know exactly who I am in failure, but I don't know who I am outside of that. It could be worse. Like I could go out there and this thing could be, 
if I don't have you, I don't know what's going to happen. And the enemy uses that all the time to paralyze us into going, you don't know what's going to happen out there. That's enemy. I did, yes. Go ahead. Okay. Have I your permission, said the angel to the ghost. I know it will kill me. It won't. But supposing it did. You're right. It would be better, it would be better to be dead than to live with this creature. Then may I? Damn and blast you. Go on, can't you? Get it over. Do what you like, fellow the ghost. But well, I, I, bring. I think Joe made a very good point. This is honest. He actually says it would be better to be dead than to live with this creature. No other being has been as honest as this guy going, yeah, you know what? This guy has to go. He's that when we talked about that lady, he says there may be something in her that's more that could be fanned into a flame. You're seeing right now this thing's being fanned into a flame, not by reason, but by simply going, make a choice, make a choice, make a choice. He's like, you know what? I, you're right, I'd be better off. I think it's, I, well, I also think it's that Roman 7 mentality. It's like, I do what I don't want to do, and I want to do what I should do. So he kind of knows. Yes. But he can't quite part with it. Yeah. But ended whimpering, God help me, God help me. Next moment, the ghost gave a scream of agony such as I had never heard on earth. The burning one closed his crimson grip on the reptile, twisted it while it bit and writhed, and then flung it, broken back on the turf. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> Ow! That's done for me, gasped the ghost, reeling backwards. For a moment, I could make out nothing distinctly. Then I saw, between me and the nearest bush, unmistakably solid but growing every moment sol solider, the upper arm and the shoulder of a man. Then, brighter still and stronger, the legs and hands. The neck and golden head materialized while I watched, and if my attention had not wavered, I should have seen the actual completing of a man, an immense man, naked, not much smaller than the angel. What distracted me was the fact that at the same moment something seemed to be happening to the lizard. At first, I thought the operation failed. So far from dying, the creature was still struggling and even growing bigger as it struggled. And as it grew, it changed. Its hinder parts grew rounder, the tail still flickering became a tail of hair that flickered between huge and glossy buttocks. Suddenly I started back, rubbing my eyes. What stood before me was the greatest stallion I have ever seen, silvery white, but with mane and tail of gold. It was smooth and shining, rippled with swells of flesh and muscle, whinnying and stamping with its hoofs. At each stamp the land shook and the trees dindled. Does that, does that horse remind you of any horse that you've read in literature? Fletch? David? Horse. Oh yes, Fletch. Thinking of the Tolkien horse. Uh, right. Actually, I was thinking of Black Beauty. Ooh, Black Beauty. I mean, I love Black Beauty. That's that's a great series. No, that's absolutely that's absolutely Shadow Facts. Yes. <laughs> Reading those books is so funny because every time Gandalf mentions Shadow Facts, he like can't help but spend a paragraph like, yeah. just talking about how amazing Shadow Facts is. Show me the meaning of haste. <laughs> yes, but also Fledge. Like, yeah, that, there, it's like there's an archetypal horse, and that's what Shadow Facts is. It's the horse of all horses, right? It's the lord of all horses, and so this is the lord of horses. The new-made man turned and clapped the new horse's neck. It nosed his bright body. Horse and master breathed into each other's nostrils. The man turned from it, flung himself at the feet of the burning one, and embraced them. When he rose, I thought his face shone with tears, but it may have been only the liquid love and brightness. One cannot, one cannot distinguish them in that country, which flowed from him. I had not long to think about it. 
In joyous haste, the young man leaped upon the horse's back. Turning in his seat, he waved a farewell, then nudged the stallion with his heels. They were off before I well knew what was happening. There was riding if you there was riding if you like. I came out as quickly as I could from among the bushes to follow them with my eyes, but already they were only like a shooting star far off on the green plain, and soon among the foothills of the mountain. Then, still like a star, I saw them winding up, scaling what seemed impossible steeps, and quicker every moment, till near the dim brow of the landscape, so high that I must strain my neck to see them, they vanished, bright themselves, into the rose brightness of that everlasting morning. Mm. Reminds me of going up the waterfall. Going up the waterfall, Narnia. Absolutely. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. While I still watched, I noticed that the whole plane and forest were shaking with a sound which in our world would be too large to hear. But there I could take it with joy. I knew it was not the solid people who were singing. It was the voice of that earth, those woods, and those waters. A strange, archaic, inorganic noise that came from all directions at once. The nature or art nature of that land rejoiced to have been once more ridden and therefore consummated in the person of the horse. It's saying, the master says to our master, come up, share my rest and splendor till all natures that were your enemies become slaves to dance before you and backs for you to ride and firmness for your feet and to rest on. From beyond all place and time, out of the very place, authority will be given you the strengths that once appeared opposed your will shall be obedient, fire in your blood, and heavily thunder in your voice. Overcome us that, so overcome, we may be ourselves. We desire the beginning of your reign, as we desire dawn and dew, witness of the birth of light. Master, your master has appointed you forever to be our king of justice and our high priest. Wow. So this character is different than all other characters because this is the only character, as we said in the beginning, that sees redemption. And we see that the solid people weren't lying. If, if, you, if you just take a few steps, you'll grow solider by the minute and you'll be able to, to go deep into the mountains. You'll be able to, it won't hurt your feet, you'll be able to run. You'll become more solid than you'll even know. And you'll have all this authority and dominion at your fingertips. And no one believed it because they were hung up on their little lie. One person took the chance. And not only did his lie get reborn into the actual truth it was supposed to be, but you had further up and further in the whole way. Any thoughts on this, guys? You want to 
anything you want to pull out that you guys liked about the It's odd to me how how true and almost obvious that metaphor can seem, but then like embodying it is so freaking difficult. Like, you know, and I appreciate that like he demonstrates how difficult it was for the guy where it's like, he's like barely even able to make this choice to say like, fine, kill it. And then when he does, it's like this excruciating scream that he lets out. <laughs> it's like, it just, the metaphor makes so much sense to me, and just, like, the whole the whole idea of, like, death and resurrection is, like, yeah, yeah that's totally how this works. But it's just funny, because it's, like, in places in our lives where we can actually practically implement that principle, it's like, ah, I don't know. I don't know about this. For a lot of us, that's how coming to God is. And if you think about it, Lewis could even be pointing to himself in this, being the most reluctant convert. Like, he, he did not want to come to God. And at the end, he had no choice at the end. I mean, God was closing in around him, right? And he has like, he had no choice but go, okay, God, you exist. I, I, will, I will say that. I will bend my knee and say there is God. And then his life was changed forever. So this, this could even be a, a type of a shadow of, of Lewis himself in there. And I just love that at least one person made the choice, you know, given, given that they were so close that he was willing to, to, to give that up. And when he did, there was joy in life. There was abundance. And he grew almost as big as the angel. I just love that. I, I, just, I, always, I always looked at that and go, some of us like Jim Carrey. So you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> yeah, this, this whole section is... Uh... How long ago was it? It was probably 20 years ago that my dad read this in a sermon when I was like a kid at the time. But, uh, I remember hearing it, and at that moment I was, I kind of just had this just awakening to other things. Um, and especially to the, to, the, to the transcendent power of story and the, the embodied story that God puts into the world. And... Uh, as I was kind of, as I've kind of read this over the years, because I've heard this dozens and dozens of times, I've heard this story so many times, um, and we've read it here read it on my own, uh, and it never, never ceases to get me. Yeah. Every single time. Um, and every single time, I, I see more and more. You know, there's more and more that comes out. This time, it just seems thing that stuck out to me most was that it's just, it's just drenching in uh, scripture. That, that, I mean, it's, it's absolutely just bursting at the seams. Um, the two that struck me most of this time were the, is more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner than, you know, um, and, yeah. and then, uh, and then this, the very end of that, all creation groans in anticipation of the sons of God, and you can hear then creation groaning and it finally lets it out. It's mm. just like, this is what we were made for. We were made for you and you uh, were made to care for us, and uh, and it's just like it's it's full circle the garden. Like you see it come back uh, to the beginning in the right way. Um, what if Adam had made the right choice? Even made the right choice. Uh, yeah. You know. And ultimately, you know, we have that in the end. It's a, a long and sad tale, but just to just to know that's waiting for us is. Mm. 
gets me every time. Good. I I liked uh, when the first time I read it, I wrote down, but it reminded me when the the lizard gets flung off his back that what Satan meant for evil, God will then turn mm. and use for good. And yep. so many times we look back on the lizards we all carried around and are so embarrassed about, gosh, how could I have done that or said that or done that for years or whatever. And then God will use that for something beautiful for another person in your life and, and mm. it turns into the beautiful stuff. Or oh, the Genesis 50-20 deviation, because it happens every single time for you. Joseph is having that convo with his brothers. And yeah. Paul actually does it too when he, when he casts the demon out of the sorcerer and he ends up going to jail. And then the jail rocks and the guy's about to, the guard's about to kill himself and his whole family gets saved. So it happens every time. It's not pretty cool. Can, can we also maybe look at Leaf by Nickel and say that our life made different choices wouldn't have been better, it just would have been different? And that as long as as long as you make and and when David said that it just really it really hit me that we each do get to make the Eve choice. Yeah. We get we get to make that choice. And if we make the correct choice, then we become co heirs with Christ sitting in heavenly places. And the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwells inside of us. And you go, Oh, that's that's an that's an amazing part of the story that we get to redeem that just by decision no I can't I can't kill it I can't kill it unless you willingly give over unless you unless you die you can't live again and that's how many times do we uh, maybe it's just me but how many times do we often say well give me give me that opportunity let me be Adam I can make that right choice but we're actually on the other side of sin he had both sides of sin of sin and perfection so he was perfect and he still made the wrong choice so now it's, yeah. what is it, a hope deferred makes the heart, uh, sick. The heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is a truth of life. And so now we've all partake in that. So. Crazy. <clears throat> Sorry, that's my sister calling me to talk to the kids. I like the next couple lines here where he says, am I right in thinking the lizard really turned into the horse? Um, Aye, but it was killed first. You'll not forget that part of the story. Yes. <laughs> it has to die. Mm-hmm. Our sin nature has to die in order to be removed. There's, there's, you can't, you can't. Our, our sin, our, our. We're gonna, we're gonna learn some way to glory. Our sin nature can't be glorified. It has to be let go. I, yeah, I love this. This one, get this, like David, it gets me every time. I just, I, I get overwhelmed with joy of. Just like every time I think about the cross, it gets me. The story is just a, incredible. And so, yeah. yeah. I totally with you. And there's, there's times when I hear this story and I think about it. And there's, there's, some way that, there's some way in which, and I think this is done in places we wouldn't expect in Christian life, that, that truth is more true when it's abstracted than when it's just on the nose. Um, mm. And there's, like when we look at it this way, when we hold up this, this scene that is, you know, allegory, yes, but it's, it's also just holding in it so many facets of truth that you can't just, you cannot just encapsulate in a sentence 
You can't encapsulate it in simply the sinner's prayer. Uh, and yet, that's what it is. But it's, it's, it's not just that. Yeah. It's so much more than that. It's beyond, it's beyond words. Mm -hmm. And yet the words, shaped in this narrative, become something more, and they just give us a taste of what the fullness of, of this thing that we call salvation is. And that it's not just that, that it's beyond that. And it's leading to something so much more. And it, then we can really put, put into our words, into our minds, or even into our earthly experiences. And I just, I, every time I read that, I'm just like, I don't know, I think that getting that, getting that picture, that understanding, that the things that we think, you know, uh, that we want to just like distill down to something uh, simple is, yeah, we can make it simple, but also, man, it's so much fun to condense down, and that's why these things, I think, are so powerful, these kinds of abstractions that make it digestible in a soul way. Yeah. Not in an intellectual way, necessarily. So we need, we need to distill it down until we can get it digestible, but then we need it to be broadened out of the imagination into narrative so that we can actually understand, like, to, to grasp it a little better. We have to steal past the watchful dragons of, of, of that to, to as, I think we're talking about as looking along the beam instead of at it. Yeah. We can see so much, see such a different aspect of it. And we have to walk in both of those. We have to have, and Lewis, like you said, Dave, Lewis is so steeped in scripture in this. It is just, it is bursting with scripture, but yet he does it in a way that is so accessible. You don't realize that, it, that it's the truth, but it hits your heart. Oh, it is like it hits your heart. You're like, oh man, that's good. Oh, that's good. That's this is this is true. This is true. I don't know why it's true, but this is true. Echo Batum. Echo Batum, not heard. Scent of a flower, never smelled. I actually love that you said. Lucky Land Casino asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily Daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I think, it, I think you said you can't glorify sin. So if sin is the lie, because in, in the next chapter with the tragedian, it says, but you cannot bring hell into me. And he says, you do not love me. Mm -hmm. uh, and then she says, I cannot love a lie. I cannot love the thing which is not. I am in love and out of it I will not go. It's like you can't glorify a non-thing. It's nothing. Truth is something. <laughs> that stuck out to me. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, no, no comment on that. That's, that was well said. Well said. Oh. Anybody else going to want to pull a night or should we move on to the, to the little lady? Um... I think we should start with the little lady on um, page 130. We'll, we'll, 
So this lady, she shows up, she has people, uh, she has an entourage, animals, people, sons and daughters, like, and the, the guy in the story says to George McDonald's, is that who I think it is? He's like, no, it's not, you, you haven't, this person is a, this person is no one you know of, is Sally Smith or whatever. It's like, you, you don't even know this person, but everyone who knew her became better from knowing her. And I'm like, oh, what a testimony, right? And I think we talked about that last week, didn't we? About storing up your treasures in heaven. Mm. Instead of like, oh, you have an entourage down here, people flock over you, and you know, and, and like, would you rather have that notoriety in heaven or notoriety here? Um, because the, I think the, the, the bigger flex is, is in heaven. That's, that's the, the grander thing. Um, so uh, this ghost. Um, meets another ghost. Um, are you uh, yeah. available? All right. Just tell me, what, what is the, uh, is this long after that section? Yeah, so this will be one of the... Don't the, tell me page number, I just need okay, to know so how it starts. It Hold says, up. following the direction of her eyes is where we're going to start. Follow the direction of her eyes? Following the direction of her eyes, I turned and saw an oddly shaped phantom approaching. It's going to be a couple pages after. Is it oh, a couple pages after the yeah. event we just read? Yeah. Since following the direction of rise, I turned and saw. Let me see. Oh, there it is. The, the paragraph starts. While we spoke, the lady was steadily advancing towards us, but not. It was not at us. Okay. She looked. Yeah. Okay. Okay. While we spoke, the, okay. While we spoke, the lady was okay. steadily advancing. Got it. Chapter twenty. You want to read that paragraph? Yeah. Chapter twelve. While yeah. we spoke. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> While we spoke, the lady was steadily advancing towards us, but it was not at not at us. She looked. Following the direction of her eyes, I turned and saw an oddly shaped phantom approaching. Or rather, two phantoms, a great tall ghost, horribly thin and shaky, who seemed to be leading on a chain another ghost, no bigger than an organ grinder's monkey. The taller ghost wore a soft black hat, and he reminded me of something that my memory could not quite recover. Then, when he had come within a few feet of the lady, he spread out his lean, shaky hand flat on his chest with the fingers wide apart and exclaimed in a hollow voice, at last, all at once, I realized what it was that he had put me in mind of. He was like a seedy actor of the old school. Darling, at last, said the lady. Good heavens, thought I. Surely she can't. And then I noticed two things. In the first place, I noticed that the little ghost was not being led by the big one. It was the dwarfish figure that held the chain in its hand and the theatrical figure that wore the collar around its neck. In the second place, I noticed that the lady was looking solely at the dwarf ghost. She seemed to think it was the dwarf who had addressed her, or else she had, was deliberately ignoring the other. On the poor dwarf, she turned her eyes. Love shone not from her face only, but from her, all her limbs, as if it were some liquid in which she had just been bathing. Then, to my dismay, she came nearer. She stooped down and kissed the dwarf. It made one shudder to see her in such close contact with that cold, damp, shrunken thing but she did not shudder. Frank, she said, before anything else, forgive me. For all I ever did wrong, and for all I did not do right since the first day we met, I ask your pardon. I looked properly at the dwarf for the first time now, or perhaps when he received her kiss, he became a little more visible. One could just make out the sort of face he must have had when he was a man, a little, oval, freckled face with a weak chin and a tiny wisp of unsuccessful mustache. He gave her a glance, not a full look. He was watching the trage tragedian out of the corner of his eyes. Then he gave a jerk to the chain, and it was the tragedian, not he, who answered the lady. There, there, said the tragedian. 
We'll say no more about it. We all make mistakes. With the words there came over his features a ghastly contortion, which I think was meant for an indulgently playful smile. Okay, so what do we know about the what kind of what do we know about the dwarf? What 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 is he what is he articulating here? What what image do we do we get? Yes. He has a little oval face, freckled. Okay, so what does that remind you of? Kid. A kid, yes. Weak chin, right? And an unsuccessful mustache. An immature masculinity, right? Someone who never became fully a man, even though he was a man. He, his, his actual self was not fully developed into manhood or to, to his, his proper masculine form, right? And then we can go to Jung here, I think, and talk about who's the tragedian in this, right? Mm -hmm. The actor, the false self, right? That's that little dwarf's leading around. This is who he's portraying, this is the side. Here's who I am, I am this fully formed, really tall man who has all the features of masculinity. This is, the, this is who I am, but really, I'm the immature masculine. So you see these two contrasting things here. It's starting to remind me of the, the uh, metaverse. You've got your, your avatar that represents not who you are. Ah, but who you want to appear yeah. as. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Go ahead, Anna. Where did I? What? We'll say no more. We'll say no more. Okay, I was like, <clears throat> It's not myself I'm thinking about, it is you. That is what has been continually on my mind all these years. The thought of you, you here alone, breaking your heart about me. But now, said the lady to the dwarf, you can set all that aside. Never think like that again. It is all over. Her beauty brightened so that I could hardly see anything else. And under that sweet compulsion, the dwarf really looked at her for the first time. For a second, I thought he was growing more like a man. He opened his mouth. He himself was going to speak this time. But oh, the disappointment when the words came. You miss me? He croaked in a small, bleeding voice. Yet even then, she was not taken aback. Still the love and courtesy flowed from her. Dear, you will understand about that very soon, she said. But today, what happened next gave me a shock. The dwarf and tragedian spoke in unison, not to her, but to one another. You'll notice, they warned one another, she hasn't answered our question. I realized then that they were one person, or rather, that both were the remains of what had once been a person. The dwarf again rattled the chain. You miss me, said the tragedian to the lady, throwing a dreadful theatrical tremor into his voice. Dear friend, said the lady, still attending exclusively to the dwarf, you may be happy about that and about everything else. Forget all about it forever. And really, for a moment, I thought the dwarf was going to obey, partly because the outlines of his face became a little clearer, and partly because the invitation to all joys, singing out of her whole being like a bird's song on an April evening, seemed to me such that no creature could resist it. Then he hesitated. And then, once more, he and his accomplice spoke in unison. Of course, it would be rather fine and magnanimous not to press the point, they said to one another. But can we be sure she'd notice? We've done these sort of things before. There was the time we let her have the last stamp in the house to write to her mother and said nothing, although she had known we wanted to write a letter, letter ourselves. We thought she'd remember and see how unselfish we'd been, but she never did. And there was the time, oh, lots and lots of times. So the dwarf gave a shake to the chain, and I can't forget it, cried the tragedian, and I won't forget it either. I could forgive them all they've done to me, but for your miseries... Okay, so what are your thoughts about 
the last stamp in the house. Come on, bro. How petty can you be? And he says, I thought she would see how Unselfish. Unselfish. Yeah, that, was, that was the thing that he really wanted. <laughs> yeah. He wanted to be more than he was. It's the seed of the, seed of the thing right there is yeah. really where it comes down to. He wanted recognition and glorification. So is it, uh, I'm forgetting, if, is it your Christianity that starts out, if you ask 20 people in the uh, early 20th century what the greatest ethic was, they would have said love. But if you, in 19th century, but if you ask people in the 20th century, they would say unselfishness. Mm-hmm. Unselfishness has to do with, it's actually the selfish part, it has to do with self and how you perceive yourself and how you want to be received by others as seen as unselfish. Where love is something that's reciprocal that you give away, that you, you, you engage with the other person, you, you, it is about the other person, unselfishness is about you. And so they, you see that here. It reminds me of this, dwarf reminds me of a, the the ape and the lady is kind of like puzzle. Ah, you know, yes. Kind and patient, shift. And shift yeah. And just, you know, shift was always going on and on about how much he had to give up and such like that. Oh yeah, that's great. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. He's doing it again. I, I could forgive them all they've done. I could. I could. Yeah. You know, it's like you know what. I wasn't going to bring this up, you know, but now that, now that you mention it, uh, yeah. you can tell God to his face what I think about him. All right, continue. Mm-hmm. Oh, don't you understand, said the lady? There are no miseries here. Do you mean to say, answered the dwarf, as if this new idea had made him quite forget the tragedian for a moment, do you mean to say you've been happy? Didn't you want me to be? But no matter. Want it now. Or don't think about it at all. The dwarf blinked at her. One could see an unheard of idea trying to enter his little mind. One could see even that there was, for him, some sweetness in it. For a second, he had almost let the chain go. Then, as if it were his lifeline, he clutched it once more. Look here, said the tragedian. We've got to face this. He was using his manly, bullying tone this time, the one for bringing women to their senses. Mm-hmm. Darling, said the lady to the poor, there's nothing to face. You don't want me to have been miserable for misery's sake. You only think I must have been if I loved you. But if you'll only wait, and you'll see that isn't so. Love, said the tragedian, striking his forehead with his hand, then a few notes deeper. Love, do you know the meaning of the word? How should I not, said the lady. I am in love. In love, do you understand? Yes, now I love truly. You mean, said the tragedian, you mean you did not love me truly in the old days? Only in a poor sort of way, she answered. I've asked you to forgive me. There was a little real love in it. But what we called love down there was mostly the craving to be loved. And the main I loved you for my own sake. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere 
and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Because I needed you. And now, said the tragedian with a backhackneyed gesture of despair, now you need me no more? But of course not, said the lady. And her smile made me wonder how both the phantoms could refrain from crying out with joy. So, there's a lot in there. Mm-hmm. It strikes me, uh, it just makes me think as I, as I read the, listen to the character again this time, fresh years, he's, he's actually representative, uh, it's like Lewis, Lewis so, so beat wokeness to the punch, he's representative of toxic masculinity um, in its purest undiluted form, which is the glorification of self. Yeah. Um, and the uplifting of self in whatever means that takes. But like you can see when he gets his bullying tone on. Mm -hmm. But then also, where does that all stem from? It stems from his desire to be something. Like, yeah. It's a sense from his desire to be this thing that he's projecting. And really, that's you know, it's where most of most of our problems come from for for men. It's just this desire mm -hmm. to, you know, be be something special. Something that's like. Uh, that is this it is imitation of of uh, of what you know masculinity is rather than true masculinity, which is mm. actually service and death to the self and yeah. and, and and life in Christ and the lifting up of the other um, uh, service to the other, uh, which is you know it's just funny when you kind of read it like that. And you're like, oh, well, we've known that for a while, really. But we yeah, haven't really. We don't always live into it, do we? Well, I, I think we have the we have the right diagnoses, but yeah. we rarely get the right the, the right care or take take the right course of 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 uh, action to to fix it. Um, what we call love down here is mostly a craving to be loved. You guys think about that? We wake up for ourselves. Yep. And served and need. There's a there's a story I, I I only know the story I don't know the resource behind it so I'm just gonna give it to you as as I heard it. But there was uh, Oscar Wilde and his lover Robbie Ross. Um, when when Oscar Wilde was dying, he asked Robbie. He said, "Did you ever love any of those little boys for their own sake?" And Robbie said, "No." Oscar Wilde said, "Neither did I." Give me a priest. Only the blood of Christ can wash away sins so powerful. And you hear and you go, oh yeah, I only I only engaged with that person for for me. And as, as, as Dave was saying, toxic masculinity is this thing of I want to be seen as this. I meant it for myself. It's unselfishness because I want you to see me as unselfish. This whole thing is a me, 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 mine, mine, mine type thing. So you see all these pitfalls in there. And so <clears throat> And then, that's, yeah. that's the, I guess, Colossians, Paul's talking about being free from the slavery of the elemental spirits of the world, and says get rid, getting rid of the high-sounding philosophies, high-minded philosophies, mm. the rules of the world. That, that seems to make sense. Yeah. And, and how, the, how the, the dwarf twists her words. Also, you, don't, you never loved me. You don't, you're saying you don't, you don't need me anymore? Go ahead. Sorry, the PA 
the way. Hold on a second. What needs could I have? Yes. Hold on a second. Let me get back to page 71 of my thing. What needs could I have, she said, now that I have all. I am full now, not empty. I am, I am in love himself, not lonely, strong, not weak. You shall be the same. Come and see. We shall have no need for another one, of one another now. We can begin to love truly. But the tragedian was still striking attitudes. She needs me no more, no more, no more, <laughs> he said in a choking voice to no one in particular. Would to God, he continued, but he was now pronouncing it good. Would to good I had been heard lying dead at my feet, seen her lying dead at my feet before I heard those words, lying dead at my feet, lying dead at my feet. I do not know how long the creature intended to go on repeating the phrase, for the lady put an end to that. Frank, Frank, she cried in a voice that made the whole wood ring. Look at me, look at me. What are you doing with that great ugly doll? Let go of the chain, set it away, it is you I want. Don't you see what nonsense it's talking? Merriment danced in her eyes. She was sharing a joke with a dwarf, right over the head of the tragedian. Something not at all and like a smile struggled to appear on the dwarf's face, for he was looking at her now. Her laughter was past his first offenses. He was struggling hard to keep it up, but already with imperfect success. Against his will, he was even growing a little bigger. Oh, you great goose, said she. What is the good of talking like that here? You know as well as I do that you did see me lying dead years and years ago. Not at your feet, of course, but on a bed in a nursing home. A very good nursing home it was, too. Matron would never have dreamed of leaving bodies lying about the floor. It's ridiculous for that doll to try to be impressive about death here. It just won't work. Oh, my gosh. That just, that punched me in the face. The doll trying to be impressive about death here. It's like it just won't it won't work. That doesn't that doesn't play. Woe is me. <laughs> Go ahead. I do not know that I ever saw anything more terrible than the struggle of that dwarf ghost against joy. For he had almost been overcome. Somewhere, incalculable ages ago, there must have been gleams of humor and reason in him. For one moment while she looked at him in her love and mirth he saw the absurdity of the tragedian. For one moment, he did not at all misunderstand her laughter. He too must, have once, must once have known that no people find each other more absurd than lovers. For the light that reached him reached him against his will. This was not the meeting he had pictured. He would not accept it. Once more, he clutched at his death line, and at once the tragedian spoke. You dare to laugh at it? He stormed. To my face? And this is my reward? Very well. It is fortunate that you give yourself no concern about my fate. Otherwise, you might be sorry afterwards to think that you had driven me back to hell. What? Do you think I'd stay now? Thank you. I believe I'm fairly quick at recognizing where I'm not wanted. Not needed was the exact expression, if I remembered rightly. From this time on, the dwarf never spoke again, but still the lady addressed it. Dear, no one sends you back. Here is all joy. Everything bids you stay. But the dwarf was grown smaller even while she spoke. Yes, the tragedian, said the tragedian, on terms you might offer, offer to a dog. I happen to have some self-respect left, and I see that my going will make no difference to you. It is nothing to you that I go back to the cold and the gloom, the lonely, lonely streets. Don't, don't, Frank, said the lady. Don't let it talk like that. But the dwarf was now so small that she had dropped on her knees to speak to it. The tragedian caught her words greedily as a dog catches a bone. 
Ah, you can't bear to hear it, he shouted with a miserable triumph. That was always the way you must be sheltered. Grim realities must be kept out of your, kept out of your sight. You who can be happy without me, forgetting me. You don't even want to hear my sufferings. You say, don't. Don't tell you. Don't make you unhappy. Don't break in on your sheltered, self-centered little heaven. And this is the reward. She stooped still lower to speak to the dwarf, which was now a figure no bigger than a kitten, hanging on the end of the chain with his feet off the ground. That wasn't why I said don't, she answered. I meant stop acting. It's no good. He is killing you. Let go of that chain, even now. Acting, screamed the tragedian. What do you mean? The dwarf was now so small that I could not distinguish him from the chain to the which he was clinging. And now, for the first time, I could not be certain whether the lady was addressing him or the tragedian. Quick, she said, there is still time. Stop it. Stop it at once. Stop what? Using pity. Other people's pity in the wrong way. We have all done it a bit on the earth, you know. Pity was meant to be a spur that drives joy to help misery. But it can be used the wrong way around. It can be used for a kind of blackmailing. Those who choose misery can hold joy up to ransom by pity. You see, I know now, even as a child you did, instead of saying you were sorry, you went and sulked in the attic. Because you knew that sooner or later, one of your sisters would say, I can't bear to think of him sitting up there alone crying. You used their pity to blackmail them, and they gave in in the end. And afterwards, when we were married, oh, it doesn't matter if only you will stop it. And that, said the tragedian, that is all you have understood of me. After all these years, I don't know what had become of the dwarf ghost by now. Perhaps it was climbing up the chain like an insect. Perhaps it was somehow absorbed into the chain. No, Frank, not here, said the lady. Listen to reason. Did you think joy was created to live always under that threat? Always defenseless against those who would rather be miserable than have their self-will cross, for it was real misery. I know that now. You made yourself really wretched. That you can still do, but you can no longer communicate your wretchedness. Everything becomes more and more itself. Here is joy that cannot be shaken. Our light can swallow up your darkness, but your darkness cannot now infect our light. No, no, no. Come to us. We will not go to you. Can you really have thought that love and joy would always be at the mercy of frowns and sighs? Did you not know they were stronger than their opposites? Love. How dare you, you use that sacred word, said the tragedian. The same moment he gathered up a chain which had now for some time been swinging uselessly at his side and somehow disposed of it. I'm not quite sure, but I think he swallowed it. Then for the first time it became clear that the lady saw and addressed him only. Where is Frank, she said, and who are you, sir? I never knew you. Perhaps you had better leave me, or stay if you prefer, if it would help you, and if it were possible, I would go down with you into hell but you cannot bring hell unto me. You do not love me, said the tragedian in a thin, bat-like voice, and he was now very difficult to see. I cannot love a lie, said the lady. I cannot love a thing which is not. I am in love, and out of it I will not go. There was no answer. The tragedian had vanished. The lady was alone in that woodland place, and a brown bird went hopping past her, bending with its light feet the grasses I could not bend. That's heavy. That's heavy. Thoughts. The vanishing dwarf. What do you guys think about the vanishing dwarf? And then the vanishing tragedian. The diminutive actions. What 
what caused him to grow smaller? Because this, this is what gets me. This is, this is, this is something that Jordan McDonald says. This is why I, I think I, I have a thought about uh, a specific punishment. I mean, she's telling the truth that she stepped away. It's truth that's breaking the curse. There's that spell. Mm -hmm. Actually, I identify with some of the, the self-pity stuff. It's, it's interesting to see it in this way of like, the woe is me or the with the damsel in distress kind of, kind of things, waiting for someone to come save you. And yeah, using that to blackmail, that's it's very thought-provoking. But she's telling the truth the entire time, which breaks the spell. And what is he doing? The whole time he keeps clinging to the lie. He's kicking and screaming. What does she say about the lie? The lie is, she says right here, it's nothing, right? Yeah. I cannot live a lie, I cannot live a thing that which is not, right? So if you continue to live a lie, if you continue to hold to that, you continue to act and put on the false self, in the presence of truth, which way do you go? Your existence is dependent upon the existence of truth. And when you continue, sin is missing the mark or going away from truth. If you continue down through sin, your existence diminishes because your existence, the only amount of existence you can have is the fact that you have a bit of truth still. And if you continue to let that truth go and continue to reject that truth, your existence has to therefore diminish because it only can be upheld, created for him, by him, and by him we, we have our being, we exist and consist and have our being by him. When we continue to reject him at this point, what else is there but for us to fade into? And we actually sear our conscience too, where we actually mm -hmm. push it mm -hmm. so much away that we can't come <clears throat> to that. It's, it's not a place you want to be. What about pity? <clears throat> Blackmailing? I feel like this is what we see a lot of today. It's the victimhood mentality. Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. Struggling to think of a perfect example, also, so it would probably be a bit personal. So. <laughs> 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 well, personal on someone else's behalf, I suppose. Yeah. Pointing at But I, I feel like we're seeing quite a bit. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's just, just hard to make. But also, uh, even since I was young, I feel like I've heard people say, you know, almost vehemently, I, I don't want your pity, you know, mm -hmm. like, like, as, like, like weaponizing the word against other people. Um, I've, heard, I've heard that a number of times, or don't pity me, uh, it's just this pity has been turned into a negative. Well, when we don't forgive, we feel like that we, don't we feel like that we can hold that person accountable, we can hold them, like, you know what I'm saying, in blackmail, we can say, 
uh, you did this great offense to me. Yeah. I refuse. I've earned this wound. Yeah. You don't get off that easy. No, no, I've earned this. You don't get to touch this. This is mine. Yeah. Unforgiveness is a debt that you hold over someone. Yes, it's a yeah. debt you hold in your life. And until I determine that the debt is satisfied, I will hold you accountable to creditors, which there's the story that Jesus tells about the person who was forgiven the debt and then goes and says, oh, you owe me money. This is a perfect example of like, no, you, everything can be forgiven. Yeah, but you know what? I'm, you had that stamp, remember? I just, you just, you knew I needed that stamp. And in reality, the debt you're holding is the chain to the yeah. energy. Come on. That you're bound yeah. by yourself. Which makes you a victim. The dwarf diminishes so small it can't be seen. The chain vanishes, and in the end, this regime. So if you refuse to forgive, is I've I've often posited and wondered because I I don't know. I know that there's an unforgivable sin, and that's that's blaspheming against the Holy Spirit. But I've often wondered, is blaspheming the Holy Spirit is to look forgiveness in the eye and look at someone else and say, you don't deserve it? Because Jesus says, if you don't forgive, you will not be forgiven. Yeah. I think there's some correlation between unforgiveness and, and the unforgivable sin because Jesus is like, no, if you, you, I, I can't offer you forgiveness if you hold that debt to someone else. Yeah. Not the same thing. Yeah, and that's the, this is This is an extremely sad, heavy thing to watch this guy just diminish into nothing. Like, because I'm like, oh, is that me? In the, in the blackmailing part, I mean, I actually go through my life and I go, I did that. Yep. I, you know, I used to use my, my, uh, my past as a weapon and I, would, and I would use it as an excuse. Well, I, I can't have this because of my past. Like, you know, I, I, I suffered in my past and so I let myself off the hook. And then one day I just said, I will never let my past be a crutch anymore. And when I did, my life just got exponentially better. When I stopped using it for a crutch. And so you see that, and I'm very convicted reading this of, of me using pity on, uh, on people to blackmail them a little bit and say, ah, what was me? Look at my life, man, it's so hard. And it's like, eh, it doesn't matter because, I mean, David reminded me of something True masculinity is sacrifice, is giving yourself for others, jumping on their grenade, you know, being willing to do that instead of going, I'm afraid of getting hurt. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I have a talent, but I'm not going to use it because I know you're a hard and austere man and reaping where you don't sow, and, and so I'm just going to bury it. It's like, no, 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 your job is to go. Does not matter if you come back or not, your job is not to come back, your job is to go. I go, oh man, so I, I, I'm very convicted reading this um, and, and, and me living up to the aims of, of being true, you know, truly masculine. Yeah. It's really easy to use pity as a weapon in, 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 uh, in, your, in your romantic relationships, <laughs> especially, right? Yes. I find, that, I find that with Janelle and I that I'm, I'm so often tempted to use pity as a weapon, like, because and and, it works really well. It's a, it's a very sharp instrument, and uh, it's a tough one. It's a tough one to turn down. It, it, yeah. I've just, I actually was going through a series of events where I've actually used pity against Nina, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that is, 
Actually, on the way home, I need to apologize. I'm going to be doing this. What's that? On the way home. So, um, yeah, yeah, this is just. Yeah, I think I, I relate a lot with, I guess, kind of just like the the underlying experience that the dwarf is having that's bringing him to project the the man. Yeah. Where it's like. Because at the end of the day, he's like participating in this lie of like trying to manipulate people through pity, but he's doing it because he's so afraid of his own insufficiency. Mm. And yeah. like the invitation of the cross is like, do you believe that God's sufficiency is enough to cover your insufficiency? So that you can like, wow, come on. Like, you can like, because there's like, I mean, every single story throughout the whole book is like, there's this element of faith before the death and resurrection. Yeah. Where it's like, oh my can gosh, you yeah. believe that if you give up this thing that you feel like you can't give up, that you'll come out the other side like redeemed? And there's like that's like the choice every single time. And so even in this case, it's like, can you believe that even if you let go of this projection and reveal all of your insecurities for what they are to me, that I wouldn't reject you Yes. And that I would, I would cover them with love. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what a terrifying thing. <laughs> like, yeah. like, I just, at this point in my life, I experience that so much. And I struggle so much to be mm. transparent. Because it's like, there's so many reasons, whether like validated experiences that I've had or not, that make me think like, you can't reveal these things. You if know? I'm vulnerable, someone can hurt me. I, that's what these are my soft spots. Yeah, and yeah. it's like, and people can. But and it's and like, they will. But it's like, <laughs> the, the in, yeah, I'm just really struck by like the, ne yeah. the, nece the necessity of faith to participate in the invitation of the cross. Where yeah. it's like, yeah. you have to believe that resurrection happens on the other side of death. And yeah. the death that we all have to participate in is the admission of our insufficiency mm -hmm. before a perfectly sufficient God. Yeah. <laughs> it's just yeah. like, yeah, I, I yeah. hear it, man. It's beautiful, yeah. and, and absolutely it's, awesome. And it's so crazy too, because I fool myself in this all the time. I fool myself into thinking that that, that Christ is like everyone else somehow, like yeah. like like being transparent before Him who already knows everything yeah. about me is going to change something. Like how ridiculous can I possibly be? Like He knows, He knows everything, and yet I can just if I just let it. And yeah, he promised in our weakness he would be strong. Yeah, but on. we still come before him, at least I do, and even think, okay, if I pray this certain way, he'll think. Yeah. Yeah. That's not the, yeah. We let the Tragedian speak for us. We're like, oh, yeah, this, let's offer up this prayer, this certain way, with this syntax, like a, like a magical spell from Harry Potter. Like, you know, if this, we say just, just right, then it'll all work out. You know, we hold our nose and, you know, cross our fingers or whatever, you know. So and then so. it's faith, and then grace is the empowerment through that with our relationships. So yeah. it's, it may not even be before Christ himself in our prayer life, but it's also in the relationship with people. Right, right. And so then we open up. And so then we realize that it's the reverse of the curse in the garden. So then covenantal relationship was all that is mine is yours, and all that is yours is mine. So mm. then that's, wow. that's how it is. Mm. Wow. Right? So then we're totally vulnerable for him again, and we're naked in that sense. Mm. <laughs> Death, where is your, where's yeah. your sting? Great, where's your victory? Yeah. We're, we're not supposed to fear death, but we do. Because like, like the guy with the lizard, is, this is going to hurt. Yeah. I don't know if I can go through the pain of that, that loss. Yeah. Uh, you got to. Our son. 
<laughs> our son is so, he, he learned about six years old that he was vulnerable mm -hmm. and he has been afraid ever since because he realized he could be hurt and he realized he could hurt others. And so he has a shell of and he is just protective. Now he will blast you. He will blast you, but he got himself protected. We're like, no, but you got to bring the defenses down. This is not going to work. But ever since he's been six, he, is, he has been afraid that the world's going to hurt him. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. So he's like, I only 66 years. I was like, you have the, you have the yellow thing. You're like, you're, yeah. you know, you're going to be wind up in a little padded cell with Purell and, you know, a uh, straight jacket because you're, I, I can't go out. I'm afraid. And he's like, no, you, you, you got to go out. What you believe actually manifests in reality too. Yeah. 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 Um, I, I, I want to read this last section because I think this sums up everything. So if you want to start reading it, uh, and yet, and yet. And yet, and yet. And yet, and yet, said I to my teacher, when all the shapes and the singing had passed some distance away to the forest, even now I'm not quite sure. Is it really tolerable that she should be untouched by his misery, even his self-made misery? Would you rather he still have the power of tormenting her? He did it many a day and many a year in her earthly life. Well, no, I suppose I don't want that. What then? I hardly know, sir. What some people say on earth is that the final loss of one soul gives the lie to all the joy of those who are saved. You see, it does not. I feel in a way that it ought to. That sounds very merciful, but see what lurks behind it. What? The demand of the loveless and the self-imprisoned that they should be allowed to blackmail the universe. That till they consent to be happy on their own terms, no one else shall taste joy. That there should be the final power. That hell should be able to veto heaven. Okay, I... Is there, is there a paragraph that would encapsulate twenty the twenty twenties, right? That would encapsulate this this seemingly, um, I, I'm a little controversial, the progressive movement of my epistemology is correct and I will hold the world in contempt until you, until you, um, until you approve, you applaud, and you make me feel satiated. Until I say that. Until I yeah. say. Mm -hmm. Whoa, whoa, wait, wait, that, that, the hierarchy now is you're like, no, I'm above God. Like, the, which is what the Prince of, of Tyre said, didn't he? Mm -hmm. I will, I will, I will ascend myself to the heavens. I will ascend my throne. You go, ooh. I will, hell will be able to veto heaven. Mm -hmm. 
Because until I feel that I'm satisfied, I'm gonna hold everything else in contempt. Oh man, I hope I, I hope I never have that kind of mentality. I wanna have some humility and just go, oh, that's a haughty spirit. <laughs> Comes before the fall, but that's, that to me just, I read that and I go, oh, this is talking about today. This is, this is completely what I think is, is permeating in our culture right now, this notion. Okay. I don't know what I want, sir. Son, son, it must be one way or the other. Either the day must come when joy prevails and all the makers of misery are no longer able to infect it, or else forever and ever the makers of misery can destroy in others the happiness they reject for themselves. I know it has a grand sound to say, you'll accept no salvation which leaves even one creature in the dark outside, but watch that sophistry or you'll be make a dog in a manger as a tyrant of the universe. But dare one say, it is horrible to say, that pity must ever die? You must ex distinguish the action of pity will live forever, but the passion of pity will not. The passion of pity, the pity we merely suffer, the ache that draws men to conceive what should not be conceded and to flatter when they should speak truth, the pity that has cheated many a woman out of her virginity and many a statesman out of his honesty, that will die. It was used as a weapon by bad men against good ones their weapon will be broken. And what is the other kind? The action? Its weapon, it's a weapon on the other side. It leaps quicker than light from the highest place to the lowest to bring healing and joy, whatever the cost to itself. It changes darkness into light and evil into good. But it will not, at the cunning tears of hell, impose on good the tyranny of evil. Every disease that submits to a cure shall be cured. But we will not call blue yellow to please those who insist on still having jaundice nor make it a midden of the world's garden for the sake of some who cannot abide the smell of roses. Any, any thoughts on that? We will not call blue yellow. The linguistical games we play, the, the linguistical relativism that, we're, that we're, we face today that... Call good evil, call evil good. Yeah. I think it's interesting too because clearly he's seen it somewhere else, and yeah. and and uh, and I was just reading a, a book on Augustine this morning. Literally, we're talking about Pelagianism, which is literally that. It's just it's form of some of it's a form of relativism that's been around since like three hundred right. AD. Right. It's I mean that might probably was around before that. Um, it's just these. The nature of man doesn't change. No, the nature of man doesn't change. It's, the, it's these, these kind of um, almost genetic philosophies we have that kind of just permeate our, you know, our psychology and just get looped around yep. centuries after yep. centuries. And then the things that we're talking about today will eventually die, and then there'll be another one that comes back from like yeah, packaged. Yeah, yeah, 1800s or something. Yeah, it's just gonna mean something new. Yeah, um, right. yeah, it's. It's just a, it's a cycle, which which in some ways makes me despairing, and in other ways gives me great hope because yeah, that's all it is. Pelagianism died, <laughs> and right. and things were reborn, and and again I think we're going to see you know, eventually uh, the philosophy and the, and the fears that that overcome us now will die, and the things will be reborn. Things will be born out of this that we will see that that actually have that 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 archetypal thread all the way through that will go, yeah, that book can sustain. This writing can sustain. Yeah, look, it's this, this same writing is, is very similar. We have Aristotle, we have these, these philosophies that have actually pulled us through 
and then someone's going to write this book that's going to be a Lord of the Rings type book that's going to be able to say, people are going to read that and go, oh, I love this book. And then they're going to start going, oh, there's Lord of the Rings. Oh, wait, there's, there's Beowulf. Oh, wait, there's all these other stories that all have the same thread throughout them. And we go, oh, I see, this, I see the cycles throughout history. Yeah, I need to aim this way. Because if I aim here, I've got a chance of making it. I know if I aim at Pelagianism, I'm, I'm, we're not going anywhere. Like, it's, it's logical positivism and all that stuff. It's still, it just keeps... And then you end up standing on the shoulders of giants. You stand. We stand on the shoulders of giants. Absolutely. Go ahead, Nina. You say it will go down to the lowest surface. but she didn't go down with him to hell. She didn't even see him <coughs> off by the bus. Where would you have had her go? Why, where all came back from by the bus? The big gulf beyond the edge of the cliff over there. You can't see it from here, but you must know the place I mean. My teacher gave a curious smile. Look, he said, and with a word he went down on his hands and knees. I did the same, how it hurt my knees, and presently saw that he had plucked a blade of grass. Using its thin end as a pointer, he made, he made me see, after I looked very closely, the crack in the soil so small that I could not have identified it without his, this aid. I cannot be certain, he said, that this is the crack you came up through, but through a crack no bigger than that he certainly came. But, but I gasped with a feeling of bewilderment, not like terror. I saw an infant abyss and cliffs towering up and up, and then this country on top of the cliffs. Aye, but the voyage was not mere locomotion. That bus and all you inside it were increasing in size. Do you mean that that hell, all that infinite empty town, is down in some little crack like this? Yes, all hell is smaller than one pebble of your earthly world, but it is smaller than one atom of this world, the real world. Look at yon butterfly. If it swallowed all hell, Hell would not be big enough to do it any harm or to have any taste. It seems big enough when you're in it, sir. And yet all loneliness, angers, hatreds, envies, and itchings that it contains have rolled into one single experience and put it in the scale against the least moment of the joy that is felt by the least in heaven would have no weight that could be registered at all. If bad cannot succeed even in being bad as truly as good as good. If all hell's miseries together entered the consciousness of yon me yellow bird on the boat bow there, they would be swallowed up without trace, as if one drop of ink had been dropped into that great ocean to which your terrestrial Pacific itself is only a molecule. I see, said I at last, she couldn't fit into hell. He nodded. There's not room for her, he said. Hell could not open its mouth wide enough. And she couldn't make herself smaller, like Alice, you know. Nothing like small enough. For a damned soul is nearly nothing. It is shrunk, shut up in itself. Good beats upon the damned incessantly, and sound waves beat on the ears of the deaf, but they cannot receive it. Their fists are clenched, their teeth are clenched, their eyes fast shut. First, they will not, in the end, they cannot open their hands for gifts, or their mouth for food, or their eyes to see. Then no one can ever reach them. Only the greatest of all can make himself small enough to enter hell. For the higher a thing is, the lower it can descend. A man cannot can sympathize with a horse, but a horse cannot sympathize with a rat. Only one has descended into hell. Oh. I feel like I need to get this out. The, <laughs> Go for it, man. The thing that I, the thing that I, uh, that dawned on me here as we were reading through this part and just thinking back about what we just said was that for all the things that come out of us, um, at least those of us who, who hold these things to be true. If we don't approach it like the real people, if we don't approach those other people like the real people, then we will end up creating a little hell of our own 
them that they can easily walk into. And I think, I think the thing you see in common with all of them is, is arms open and, and saying, here is, here is the way all you have to do is step into it. Um, and, but it's, it's still love. There's still yeah. just profound love uh, just blowing out of, uh, out of the real people. And, and without that, as so often seems to be the case when we attempt to communicate, uh, it's not going anywhere. And, uh, and we inevitably kind of open up a larger crack that they had an easier time of walking through. And, mm. and sometimes I, uh, I mean, you know, but for the grace of God, right? You know, but I think if we, if we at least strive to be like the real people, yeah. we'll be doing what we can given our state here on this side of eternity. That really struck me how both these two that we talked about tonight, the first one, the angel talked to the man, never talked to the lizard. And the second one, she talked to the dwarf, the real What's yeah. his name? <coughs> Frank. 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 And only the tragedian, tragedian when, when nobody else was You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k, and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. And so, if we can ignore the <laughs> distraction, <coughs> the man behind the curtain, yeah. then you can maybe we have a chance to reach people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's just so easy to get distracted. That's mm -hmm. mm -hmm. not with flesh and blood. These powers and powers and stuff. I am so overcome by this. And uh, what, it, what it is, you can take all of hell and it, it would register. The butterfly swallowed it. It would not even register on the butterfly. And I feel a certain amount of relief and joy and, and optimism and going, the sufferings of this world, as Paul says, they are nothing compared to the glory of God. And I'm, remind, I'm reminded of this, this dream or this vision that a person had one time that I was, uh, we were in, in relationship with at the time. She said she had this, this thought that she saw a long hallway and she's standing there and, and Satan popped up. And he started running at her. And as she ran, she cowered down like this. But as soon as Satan hit her, it turned into a puff of smoke. 
and it was not, there was nothing vaporized. And it popped up again. And it happened several times that she kept getting afraid, but then she put her hands down. And Satan came and it would be vaporized again. And then she started walking towards him as he began to appear like a video game. He kept re, you know, reanimating. Mm -hmm. And then at one point, she starts running at him because she realized that he's, he's nothing. All of hell is nothing. The diminutive, you see, they're, they're, they're man-shaped stains. They go into nothing. Frank diminishes into nothing, the, and the chain goes away, and then the, the, everything fades away. And he looks down, and he goes, hey, I, I think... I think this was the crack you came out of. You go, but no, there was a great chasm. There was a there was a bus, and there was all this. No, it's it was no bigger than than, than a crack. A trip. So two thoughts on that. One is, you know, we only get the rich man's side of the story when he saw a gulf between heaven and hell. We don't get Abraham's perspective. We don't get Lazarus' perspective, right? So everybody's like, oh, there's a great gulf between heaven and hell. You know, the, the, the story of the rich man, you go, but you don't see it from the other side. Could it be Abraham would go, oh, yeah, I think that, I think that might be where the rich man is. Whoa, that changes the perspective entirely of, of heaven and hell, right? And the second thing is, after reading this, it's almost like annihilationism makes a lot of sense. Annihilationism is a thought that you are punished for your choice of not choosing God until the point where you've rejected so much that you cease to exist. And the reason being that evil and God cannot coexist. They, they can't be co-eternal because in the end, hell is nothing. And so I go, oh, that's interesting. So that's just some, some thoughts to, to, to wrestle with on that. I, I, that's, that idea seems to make a lot more sense to me. And I've only been exposed to that idea for like four or five years. But I'm going, that actually has, has some legs for me. I don't know. <clears throat> Not married to it, but it has, it has. I think it's worth thinking about. Let's put it that way. It's 8.45. I, I know. I, I, I just... Covered a lot of ground. I wanted to get through that. The, the, I know there's like a little, uh, there's three pages left. <laughs> no, this is, this is there here. <laughs> but only, one, only the greatest can make himself small enough to enter hell. Yeah. That's just so powerful. So powerful that the only one who could do that. The author of the story is the only one who could write himself in the story to go into the places of the book that no one else even knows exists or he can even get there. He's because he... He's outside of time and space. He's the only one who can go into every crevice and redeem everything. The next paragraph, and really, I do so again. Yeah. It was not once long ago that he did it. Time does not work that way when once he had left the earth. All moments that have been or shall be, were or are, present in the moment of his descending. There is no spirit in prison to whom he did not preach. That the, mm -hmm. that, that, the yeah, outside yeah. of time... That's the hardest part for me to grasp sometimes is how outside of time God is. So then what happened at his resurrection and the bodies that rose? Was that in this time? Or did they show themselves to the Holy City? It, 
That is a that is a deep three thousand. <laughs> <laughs> Let us go back through the debate. <laughs> Isn't so it Peter that says he goes into the, went into Second Peter, yeah. And he preached, yeah, he preached, preached in the half prison. Prison. Yep. prison, you go. Yep. I mean, Lewis leaves literally no stone unturned or no question asked or no provoking thought. And it is scripturally so tight. <coughs> he just, he, he provokes so much in this. Does that tie that with Matthew 28, 50, with them raising from the dead? Also, the transfiguration scene. You've mm -hmm. got one guy that was translated and one guy that clearly died. That doesn't make any sense. Now you've got something way outside of time. <laughs> Has this been a challenging read? <laughs> Has anybody had their theology challenged? You don't have to say so. You can just, I'm just asking a rhetorical question. I don't need a show of hands. It's like, yes, my, my theology's been challenged. <laughs> <laughs> it's been more personally challenging for me as a reminder of what I still need to do. You know, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, a, it's a morally challenging for me every single time I read this. But, yeah, but it's, it's challenging. Yeah, I, I think I, I, I agree. I, 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 needed, I needed this. I'll say I needed this book in this time. All right, well, thank you guys for staying late. Um, I just know that we needed to get to that. I wanted to get to the part of McDonald pointing to hell with the piece of grass. Just that concept just, it just messes me up. I don't know what, I, I know what I, I kind of think on it, but it's still, it's just, it's the image that I can't get rid of. It's just the whole diminutive thing, the diminution of, of, of consciousness even. Because even the consciousness was even being, being, they were trapped inside of, so I'll say this really quick, because I, I <laughs> when Satan fell, his consciousness was limited to the amount of, of epistemology he had in heaven when he's put on earth. He no longer can access the eternal knowledge, so he's limited. When we don't allow the Holy Spirit and learn in, in, in the grace and knowledge of Christ and, and, and learn and let and guide into all truth, our epistemology becomes limited as well. And you see how limited what we believe limits, 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 and our consciousness actually becomes extremely limited to where we cannot let go of the chain until the chain swallows us up, until, until our, our projection actually swallows us up and we become nothing. And thus, Jesus says to Peter, get behind me, see? Yeah. Limited understanding. Yeah. So he was using Satan's. Yeah. Awesome. Well, guys, again, thank you so much for indulging us on this. I hope this has been a, a great read for you. We're going to read the positive side of this in Weight of Glory, and I can't wait to hear your thoughts on, on it. Read the whole thing if you can. If not, read in pieces. We're going to spend uh, a couple weeks on this. Well, when you buy it. When you buy Way of Glory, usually it's full of the Oh, yeah. Way of Glory has several essays. I actually encourage you to read the. They're, they're all mind blowing. They're just so good. Um, there's also transposition in there that if you want to know a lot of, a lot of my thinking, uh, transposition is. And Kate Lewis. Mine and Kate thinking. That's one of our favorite books, transposition. But read Way of Glory, come ready to. to it's, it's These gonna, were all a series of sermons, right? The yes. Were they all given at the church? Not that church, but they were given at different places. 
But yeah, so we actually, Nina actually read Way to Glory in the Virgin, St. Mary the Virgin Church in, uh, in Oxford. We sat in the church where, where Lewis gave the sermon and she read it out loud and it was... I did not stand where he stood. You, didn't, no, like, you, you couldn't get up it's there. It's like in this like... <laughs> Have you been? You, you've been there. It's, it's like, the elevator it's pulpit. Like, it's like a spiral it's like, staircase and then up to the pulpit. Hello, I'm a priest up here. Hello, people. <laughs> there are tiny people below. But it is off to the side. Yes, yes it it's off to the side. Central. Yes, yes, deliberately off to the side. Yes. And also, it should be noted that everyone used to stand before they were pews. I forgot to mention that. So he's, he's there to, uh, <laughs> to guide us through those. So they had to be elevated because you couldn't see them if they weren't. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, all right, guys. Thank you so much. Way to glory next uh, next week. And then the week after, and it depends on if you guys want to go for a third week. And if not, we will close out for the summer. Um, I would like to throw an idea out. If during the summer, we don't have to meet on a Monday, but if some people would like to, if you have any works of your own that you would like to work on some creative writing, uh, either poetry or creative writing, I'd like to offer a uh, time to get together and share each other, share stuff from each other and just kind of get some feedback on, on different stuff from each other and see whether it's a movie script or something like that. Just work collaborative, collaboratively based on the amount of imagination that we're baptizing here. So, throw that out there. And just as a preview, I have a piece. It's called Shoe in Three Colors. Um, if anyone wants to give me some critique on it, that would be great. Uh, because you know, uh, this is this is about the limit of my creativity, which is uh, right now. That's how I feel. Uh, I, I like bought these shoes a few weeks ago, and I and I thought they were one color, and they show up and they're totally not. <laughs> I feel like this is a metaphor for me banging the door on the creative, <laughs> on the, my head on the creative door. It's like I'm gonna get it, and then it pops out and it looks completely different than I thought it would. <laughs> So, like, that's yes, let's all share because it's gonna be nice and humbling. <laughs> oh, it's, it, it, it'll be it'll be fantastic. So, all right, guys. Uh, so we'll have creative stuff in the in the summer. It'll be it'll be a lot of fun, and we can just meet whenever. It can be early. It, we just when people's schedules wrap because people will be traveling and things like that. So we'll just meet um, and just share. And we can even just share things and and just meet occasionally, and, but just share each other's works and read it and give feedback, comments on the work and stuff like that. All right, further up and further in. Oh. <laughs> I've kept yeah. you too long. Wow. <laughs> I, 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 got, I, got the, I got the eye from Nina, so I've kept you too long. Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.